0: Fans, and welcome to the fifth episode of the short round, the official podcast of the Canadian Professional Rodeo Association. I'm your host, Wacy Anderson, and I'm pleased to be joined by my celebrity co host, Tim Ellis of the Ram Rodeo Report. Tim, welcome back to the show. How's 2024 treating
1: you so far? Uh, So far, so good. I think uh, we almost made it through this uh, cold snap up here. So maybe no more uh, feels like minus 58 for uh, for a while. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. It seems to like make these. These uh
0: dog days of rodeo, I'm calling them drag out a little bit longer when it's when it's minus forty, minus thirty, cold outside. You're breaking ice off the waters, all that fun stuff. It seems just to make it drag out just a little bit longer as we're waiting for things to fire up, eh?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you, you knew winter was coming at some point. It's just like maybe <laughs> let's kind of ease into this. No, no, we'll go, we'll go no snow through Christmas. Everything's fine, nice and warm. And then, oh, here's a minus fifty eight for you, just to keep you honest. It's
0: tough to say there's not anything going on right now in the rodeo world. The the winter run
1: is in full swing down south. And
0: a cool event that just wrapped up actually over the weekend was the rodeo in San Diego and the venue itself. And, and it was put on by C5 Rodeo, which is right from home here, which is kind of cool to see then put on that
1: type of event in the legendary ballpark. Yeah, definitely. And and what I really liked about the, the C5 involvement is is the amount of uh, Canadian content they brought down there. I mean, uh, from, from Pickup Man to you saw Gary Rimple down there, mm-hmm. and Perry Gursky, one of the judges, and, and Brett Gardner doing the announcing. And so I, that's what I really liked is is not only did they they put on this event in a, in a great venue, Petco Park is. I mean, that's uh, that's on one it's of my bucket lists to go watch a baseball game. <laughs> yeah. uh, but 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 you bring down some Canadian content with you as well and and show off uh, the 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 stock that you have there. And I thought it was uh, it was very well done. And uh, you know by the, by the look of the crowd and in the clips that you saw that they were having fun. So I think it was a a great uh, great job that C5 Rodeo did down there. I think it's a good
0: way to kick off the year kind of I talked to Brett Gardner before Christmas and he kind of mentioned how like he expects 2024 to be like the year that rodeo is like fully back and we kind of see it take that next step. But I think this was a step in that right direction of just like a completely new venue for rodeo kind of a a place where there's a bit of controversy around it with the whole lawsuit deal happening in California. So it was cool to see it like all come together and, and, and have success around it.
1: Yeah, definitely, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, if, if you want to, you know, get it back and get some interest, then let's uh, let's dive right into California, into San Diego, and <laughs> and see how it goes. And, and by all accounts, it it went very well. So, but I think uh, I think Brett might be might be right on there. This this might be the year that uh, maybe we get fully back, if ever get fully back. But stock contractors have had a few years now to hopefully mm. recoup some of that money they lost, and uh, you know, you get the the fans really back and you've had a couple of years to cultivate that. So it's uh, it's going to be an interesting year for sure. Well,
0: and one, one horse, I guess, or four legged athlete who seemed to enjoy that California weather was Virgil. I I want to talk about him for a second. He he seems to be relevant. Like always, like he's, no matter if he gets another year older, he seems to get, get, get better. So it was cool to see them kind of cap off the weekend, get the win on him, 93 points. What, what has
1: made Virgil such a, a living legend. You... Well, first of all, he's got his own T-shirt line. Whatever, what other <laughs> uh, horse do you know? has got his own T-shirt. I mean, right there, it tells it tells you how cool Virgil is. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, he's he uh, just keeps going on. I mean, it's uh, I, I will never forget uh 2018 canadian finals rodeo with jake Vold drawing him in round two and, and he was uh 90 90 and a quarter i i think Dwayne danes and i thought he should have been 98 but they only threw 90 and a quarter <laughs> at him but that was that was one of the from the perch that i was at that was one of the best trips i thought virgil ever had and that's uh well heck that's five five years ago already right, now yeah. And, and and he's still winning Calgary Stampede championships for guys and winning horse of the year and performing so well at the NFR. And he's just, I mean, he's so big and so strong, but yet at the same time, he's, you know, he can throw those 90 points at you. And I mean, the only other horse bareback horse that I ever saw was, was graded coconut that could do that, but graded coconut, I mean, he hurts you. Like he, he was that, that strong, but oh, yeah. every, every time your head went back, I remember talking to Travis Whiteside about that and dusty the Valley and all those guys that drew him back then. It was like, when you were done, you, you hurt so bad and, and Virgil's so strong. I think it's the arm that hurts, but mm. grated coconut would, would hurt your body as well. But, but if you can ride him, as we've seen, I mean, you're you're gonna win rodeos, ninety three, and it doesn't show real signs of slowing down. But I know Vern McDonald's has got uh, has got a big decision coming up here in the, day, in the next <laughs> year or two, what he's gonna do. But I mean, if he's still throwing up nineties and ninety-threes, it's what, like how the heck how do you can let him you stop? Ever Take him off the trail?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Well, it, could, it could be one of those things but of the, like there uh, will be
0: a point. Yeah, it's, you, could, you could incorporate the maybe the NBA load management for Virgil in in twenty twenty four. Yeah. Just- kick back with the big ones but yeah he continues to impress like with with the i think he split horse the nfr this year and he and you talk about he, he he so you can still get the 90s on him but he's could still make you pay for it like we watched Orin larson at the cfr or larson's top yep. 15 airback ride in the world but he's always just seems to struggle getting on virgil it's, it's impressive if you step your toe he's gonna make you pay for it even at at a upper age
1: oh definitely and and that ride that you're talking about there in red deer you could just You could see the longer that ride went on, the the looser Oren was getting, the more beat up he was getting. And you're just saying like, and I'm sure Oren is saying the same thing. Let me get to the whistle and see what I can get. (laughs) Yeah. That uh, when you do that to one of the best uh, bareback riders Mm -hmm. in the world, I mean, it it just shows you the power that he has for sure.
0: So along with San Diego, we got uh, Fort Worth Stock Show and rodeos happening right now. I think they're just wrapping up their extreme bowls tonight and we got the Denver the National Western Stock Show and Rodeo—I guess you want to call it. Um, we did have kind of an unfortunate event happen. I think it was two days ago now, where Canadian Oscar Broderson got himself in the, in a bad wreck, um, during the performance. Um, just maybe we can touch on that and and send him our best wishes. It was it was a scary wreck, but it's good to hear that he's in hospital recovering and and kind of back on the mend.
1: Yeah, the last I saw, uh, Denver uh, just sent out an update here, I think a little while ago, unless it was old or whatever, but I think he's listed in serious condition, which given everything that happened, maybe that's uh, kind of the best right now, but it, it seems like uh, I've, I've read somewhere where they're expecting a full recovery in that. So again, like, as you say, our, our thoughts go out to him. I mean, it was just a couple of months ago, the CFR Chase Siemens, who won the, the novice bareback, was talking about competing with Austin, and they were heading down to... To college and we're really looking forward to uh continuing their college careers down there and riding against each other and pushing each other and mm-hmm. uh it, it's just you know it, it it's rodeo things happen in the, in the blink of an eye we we all know that you know your life can change in 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 an instant in in one ride and uh it has for austin but uh hopefully everything uh will uh We'll continue in an upward trend, and and give him a few months and maybe a year or whatever it takes to mm-hmm. to get him back on the rodeo trail, if that's what he chooses. But uh, yeah, very unfortunate, but uh, hopefully that uh, things continue to to trend upward. Yeah, yeah,
0: like you say, wish him all the best, and and he's kind of part of that. Like you mentioned, that that young up and coming group of, of horse, bucking horse riders. We have but you go back to CFR, but the, I felt the the novice bareback and saddle knock was kind of the strongest it had been in the past few years, so. So it's exciting to see, but oh yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get Austin back on the trails as soon as possible, and he's he's feeling good. But t- so talking about these winter rodeos, Tim, I want to I want to kind of em- talk about the emphasis of having an, a big winter run, especially if you're trying to get to the NFR. We've seen guys like Zeke and Ben, and all these guys who've had success in the PRCA over the past few years. and They've done well at these big winter rodeos. So how how important is that to say a guy like a Bo Cooper, maybe these guys shooting for their their first or second NFRs?
1: Yeah, I, I think it's important for sure. I mean, and obviously, Rodeo Houston is is the biggest of those, mm-hmm. and that's the most important. I mean, if if you win that and you win the fifty thousand dollars, you're almost booking your ticket to to Las Vegas. So that that's the huge one out of there. But I mean, if you hit a a San Antonio, a Fort Worth, uh, something like that, and collect you know twenty twenty five thousand dollars or something, it, it sets you well on your way. I, I was just actually looking at you know Lucas Matza this year. I think he's got sixteen thousand one already and has, mm-hmm. has done it kind of at, at the smaller venues he hasn't even hit the the big winter rodeos yet so you get to start like that without these big winter rodeos and then you hit a couple of checks you're you're in pretty good shape and i think he had i think he won like eight thousand the whole winter scene last year so mm-hmm. it it can really help you on the flip side um you know guys like like zeke thurston or, or other guys like that if you don't have a really good winter nowadays you can make it up in the summer whereas mm-hmm. whereas in the past it you know you know it took you winning a houston or it took you you needed that big money you got had you know fifteen thousand yeah. dollars twenty thousand dollars one before april now you you don't necessarily have to do that especially in 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 the bull riding and the bronc riding where you have these extreme events and extra like that you can make that up on the trail and and even now, with the big money rodeos they have in in August and and some in September, that mm-hmm. you can make it. But I think just from a confidence point of view as well. Yeah. I mean, if if you're heading into the the spring with twenty thousand dollars in your bank account, it's like, oh man, you know this <laughs> now. I now I can go. So I I think it is it is largely important. And uh, you know you, you you want to win something out of there. Mm-hmm. If you can get to that fifteen twenty thousand dollar market, it, it definitely really helps. On the flip side, you you don't have to win that much to to get to the NFR, but the, anything helps, of course. But <laughs> the, the other thing is, you you can win ten fifteen thousand dollars in the winter, twenty thousand. Say, geez, mm-hmm. this is good. I can you know I can roll, and then boom, here comes uh, June and July when the summer slump, yeah, they're throwing <laughs> out twenty thousand, and the Pinocchio Stampede's throwing out sixty thousand dollars in added money, and it's like uh wait a minute I, that $15,000 is gone so it's there. It goes. It's, yeah. uh, it, it, there's two different ways to look at it for sure but any money is, is important at, at this point
0: when you mentioned the Procus stampede and up in their prize money to $60,000 this year let's get into 2024 it's shaping up to be a huge season in Canada um talk a bit about who you see as maybe some emerging contenders or maybe we got some some past champions you think are going to make some noise
1: in 2024 yeah, I, I think there's quite a few. Just to touch back on that Bonoka Stampede, I mm-hmm. one of the things that I'm going to be looking at I think might be interesting in these these spring rodeos up here in Canada is to see how many more or how the American Cowboys treat this because mm. for, for so many years we get to this, you know, they come to the Ponoka Stampede and they do well and it's like, oh, geez, now I got to get my 15 count. Yeah. I don't think I can do it, right? And now that they, you know... 60,000 added well somebody could win $25,000 at the Pinocchio stampede mm-hmm. easily this, this year right and it's it's like so do they do they change their thinking and go look if i get my five six seven rodeos in before Pinocchio and then i happen to win it now it's easy peasy i can get to the yeah. canadian finals rodeo so that, I, I think that's interesting just to just to to continue on that uh that path but yeah some of the guys I, I actually just talked to uh Strand Dunham, uh, here the other day, I did that for, for a column and, uh, just, just a delightful young kid, first of all, just a very, very <laughs> nice young man, but I mean, he was so close to making CFR guys like that. I think, uh, I, I think you're really going to put an emphasis this year. And I think mm-hmm. young ropers like that. And you mentioned the boat Cooper, you know, you got the strand Dunham, uh, some of the ropers, I think I'm very interested to, mm-hmm. to watch this year, uh, Course, the 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 Bronx riding just continues to churn out these guys so it's interesting to watch to see who's going to get a jump uh I think um uh, a Logan Hay this year I think is one guy that I think is going to be right near the top of the standings and I I, I really look for him to to come mm-hmm. back with the vengeance up there uh and then at the other end of the scale I look to a guy like Curtis cassidy who had his season cut short in in uh, August uh, at, at Strathmore Stampede and didn't make the Canadian Finals Rodeo for the first time. And I, you know, it, it, what what is he now? I, I keep saying that and he keeps saying, that. I'm not that old, but he's like 445 <laughs> now, I think. Ears, Mack, he's he's old. <laughs> but I, I, I really look for him to come back and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to win some more money at these spring rodeos this time and, and try to get back. And so there's a there's a whole host of the, these young barrel racers that showed up at mm-hmm. the Canadian Finals Rodeo, Blake Molly. Uh, Carly Cowie, uh, interested to see that. I think it's uh, think it's going to be a fun year in the CPRA trail. It's nice to see the the new youth movement coming. I think we kind of were like
0: we had in this in the saddle crowding riding a few of the events, but I think across the board we're getting that next wave of top contestants. Like you see it, you got the Bill Gardner's and the Grady Youngs coming to the bull riding. You got guys like Strand Dunham in the tie down rope and even like a denim Ross in the in the team rope. Yeah. And like there's some there's some really high quality young contestants coming through, and I think that's going to make the competition even like that much better. I, I felt like I last year CFR was probably some of the best competition we've had in recent years. So I'm, I'm looking for the 50th in Edmonton to be, be a, a, an electric electric factory for lack of a better word.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned Bo Gardner. That was one that, uh, you know, I, I didn't mention, but I, I watched him at the Lakeland Rodeo association finals uh, the year before uh, doing the live broadcast up there and he was competing in the junior bulls and the open bulls and, and he, he, I think they bucked him off maybe twice out of both <laughs> wow. events. And I'm thinking, okay, this kid is going somewhere. So again, mm-hmm. I talked to him, I think it was last summer or something. And, and now he he comes out and wins in a way. And, and that guy is, uh, he's got a heck he's of a career ahead of him. Oh yeah. yeah he's so the real he's, deal. Uh, yeah. He, he's going to be definitely one, one to watch for sure on the trail. Yeah. And
0: Bo, Bo is our, our guest on the show this week. So we have a fun conversation mm. come with that, him coming up later on, but yeah, he's a he, great head on the shoulders. Like really like, yeah thoughtful when you talk to him like he's 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 a great kid so look yeah like you said looking for big things out of bow um yeah. so what's the season look like for you tim you know you're busy on the road with the Ram rodeo report and stuff coming up where can where can people find you in 2024
1: on the rodeo trail well yeah they can uh they can watch for that uh that ram rodeo truck uh, courtesy of the alberta ram dealers and a big thank you to them and uh all of the uh sponsors for getting me up and down the trail i think last year was probably one of my busiest years i think it was from you know uh, almost mid-May till pretty much mid-August it was it was somewhere every weekend, and I really enjoyed that. And just like uh, we're talking about, this might be the the best rodeo season coming out of those uh, COVID years. That was kind of my uh, my, my best season <laughs> on the trail, I think. But and I, and I still love going out there. So they can they can watch for that wherever get, and of course just watch for the reports and all our social media channels, Ram Rodeo Report, and hoping that uh, you know, I'm not the uh, uh, how do I put this uh, so I don't uh, denigrate myself too much? I'm not the best at technology, I guess you could <laughs> say, you know, uh, as, as I creep up in years, but trying to make those rodeo reports and social media more uh, more interactive and, and friendlier to find and all that. So I'm, I'm trying to work in through that. So hopefully that gets to where it is, but you can always find them everywhere. And then across the, the radio stations, 840 CFCW, kind of our anchor station, but all over the Real Country Network across the province, I think we're up to, Nineteen twenty stations across wow. Alberta, so you can uh, you you can find it anywhere if, if you if you look hard enough, for sure. Easy, so and, easy guy and, to find. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as far as we know, we'll we'll be back hopefully for Canadian Finals Rodeo broadcast in November up at Rogers Place too, and everything. Awesome. So uh, hopefully it's uh, it's the same old same old, but uh, some some new improvements as we continue to go on. So it'll be uh, in in some form or the other. It'll be a year year number 37 consecutively wow. for these uh, these rodeo reports on radio and uh and and for myself and then of course 840 cfcw you know back in the 1950s with jimmy brown and uh george myron and andy lee and those this thing has been going <laughs> forever and we're working our damnedest to, to keep it going so hopefully we'll get we'll get at least another couple of years awesome
0: well we'll definitely be bringing
1: you back on here as the season
0: progresses and we talk in cfr news and everything happening around throughout the season so we appreciate you taking the time again today tim and uh yeah we'll catch you down the road
1: yeah appreciate it anytime uh just uh just give me a holler and we'll uh, we'll come back on and really looking forward to 2024 i think it's i think it's going to be a big year
0: it's going to be great well and this is this is episode number five of the short round podcast we'll be back with our interview with bo gardner after this Welcome back to the short round this week. I am excited to welcome bull rider Bo Gardner to the show. Bo, thanks for joining me, buddy. Excited to have you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, Wacy.
0: Uh, so you recently picked up your first rodeo Canada win in the in the bull riding at the New Year's Eve bull riding event in Oyen. So let's start with that. talk a bit about the night, how it felt to compete alongside some guys you've looked up to over the years and and make a get a win at Rodeo's highest level.
2: oh uh, yeah. It was my first parodia, So going into it, I was a little bit nervous, but also had a little bit of confidence rolling in. I'd had some success the year before. Um, yeah. Then there's guys that I've looked up to in my whole life, like Jared and, and uh, Jordan. So getting able to, being able to ride with those guys was kind of a dream come true. And then, yeah, I knew my, my long round bull. I'd been on him the year before. Um, he bucked me off. So it was kind of a, <laughs> a redemption thing going in there. So I was pretty pumped about him. And then, uh going into the short i didn't really know any of the bulls i knew uh maybe two of them and so i kind of asked coy schmidt i said uh well if i don't get my first pick uh what should i pick and he he told me to pick that uh, little bull so you know it worked out awesome and yeah it's kind of just a dream come true to take it off like that
0: well and, and you're no stranger to rodeo and like bull riding events and and but it must have felt a bit different this time walking in, knowing you're competing against, like you mentioned, the Jareds and the Jordans. Like, how did you feel? Like, was it, did you feel like it was welcoming? Were you, were you a bit nervous? What, what was going through your mind is, when you first stepped through the doors there?
2: Uh, yeah, I was, I was a little bit nervous walking in, um, you know, because those guys, they'd, they'd been to the CFR, they'd been to the NFR. So it's a bump up of a caliber of what I've been used to riding with. But um, I've known them guys since I was eighty-bitty, so everybody was pretty welcoming, and they're actually bugging me at the beginning. They they're bugging me saying that there's a junior borad that I should have been in.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great. Yeah, no, it's good
2: when they're making little jokes like like that with you. You kind of I feel like you're
0: accepted in their circle. Yeah, it's a nice way to kind of get like it makes you feel comfortable right away, like just like having that familiarity with the guys and, and, and even, and even you, there's like the, the, the group below them, like the Coy Schmitz and those guys and Ashton Sollys like who are, who have done so well over the past few years and they, they kind of have starting to establish themselves at that level. So it's kind of neat to kind of have different, two different groups of guys eh, at that, to, to, that, you know, and have grown up around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, yeah, like there's the veterans that all of us young guys have been looked up, looking up to our whole lives. And then, yeah, there's Coy Schmitz and Ashton Sully and kind of like that young gun crew. And, I'd with toy a whole bunch in the steer riding and I uh, grew up with Carter. So I was always kind of around Ashton. So yeah, kind of knew, I knew everybody going in there and, but yeah, it still gets you a little nervous.
0: And I want to talk a bit, a bit more, a bit more about that short go ride. You were 89 points, which, which is a huge, like it's probably going to end up being one of the bigger rides we see throughout the whole season, like uh, in 2024. So how, like one, you just say you didn't really know the bull, but, was there a point in the ride like you knew you had him snapped or what did you kind of just fit your style? Like what, what, what helped in making it such a great ride and you pick up the win? Oh uh, yeah.
2: I love both around to the ride into my hand. So <laughs> kind of as soon as he come into my hand, I was like, Oh, you're
0: dead now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I love them when they go. Right. So yeah. So you picked up 24 or $7,400 towards the Canadian standings. So it's going to be huge as we move into this year, talk a bit about that and, and kind of gives you a head start, you could say on on the field. So yeah, talk a bit about how that's gonna help you out as you move through the season.
2: Yeah, it's big because you know getting to the finals, it's it's nickels and dimes sometimes on guys can miss out. Mm-hmm. So picking up a good check like that right at the beginning of the year really really kicks it off, and hopefully you can just keep that momentum rolling throughout the season.
0: Well, it's kind of like a not like unwritten or like a common knowledge with pro rodeo that if you kind of especially in the bull riding, if you hit that twenty thousand dollar mark, you're pretty safe for the CFR. But picking up that amount of money, like you're over a third of the way there like almost half so that's a, a huge way to kick off the season it's not even into not even through january yet
2: mm-hmm. yeah no
0: there's is that is that so is that the kind of stuff you think about or are you kind of just taking it one bullet at a time and then just letting the chips fall where they where they may
2: yeah i'm not much of a smart numbers guy so i just take <laughs> it one bullet at a time and
0: uh yeah just see where see where the chips fall i guess kind of what i talked a bit off off screen is is i want to go back to the beginning for you 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 like we've talked he kind of touched on it where you've you've been around rodeo for a long time you've been kind of hanging around the pro level and different levels through it all but I talked to Keenan Vine before we jumped on here and he mentioned the small spurs program started by Ty, Ty and Haley Elliott and even your the your involvement in the 4-H so talk a bit about that stuff how it's helped you kind of grow into where you're at now
2: yeah the Elliots they put on a little small spurs it is kind of just a little rough stock steer out deal for all of us young kids And it just rolled throughout the winter or whatever, and um, they brought great, great stock for us to get on. So I kind of got my starts going to those small spurs deals, and then uh, a bunch of steer end schools put on by different guys. And then, yeah, doing those 4H rodeos. Uh, It's kind of funny. The first year that I went to one, um, I was actually too young to go into it, but somehow we, I got snuck in there. Of course, you're doing all right
0: there. (laughs) Outside of like the thing with 4-H, too, is all the different stuff you have to do on, like, I know in the beef side, you have to keep a record book, you have to do your speeches, all kind of thing, like, that stuff, everything, every little thing you do in that process, like, helps you as a person and also in your rodeo career.
2: Yeah, like, uh, like you said, you do them, the public speaking, and you're keeping your books, so it kind of prepares you for life, mm-hmm. I guess, in a sense, you, you're, you have to take responsibility for an animal, and you got to keep up with all your books and then yeah everybody dreads february when you got to write that 4-h speech but uh in the long run it helps well
0: and was rodeo like always a thing for you like growing up i know like i i know like i know you are but i don't really know much of your past so did you grow up always wanting to to be a bull rider steer rider that type of thing or was it something you kind of just stumbled upon
2: um actually so i grew up on a little ranch outside of arrowwood Okay. And, uh, mom and dad, they raised bucking bulls. So I was mm-hmm. kind of always around. They always joke about saying I grew up in the back seat of a truck. So <laughs> yeah, I was always going to rodeos ever since I can remember and packing bulls. And then, uh, stumbled across a couple of pictures of dad riding bulls. And so I kind of always just wanted to give it a try. And, mm-hmm. uh, local entered the hometown rodeo. I think I was like eight and, uh, got on a steer there and was just hooked. So did you did you there. spend
0: a lot of time around the Ashbackers growing up too?
2: Uh yeah, I spent a lot of time around them. They live shoot 10 minutes down the road. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we're going over to their place and getting on practice stock. And then yeah, amateur rodeo and throughout my whole career was mostly their stuff and going to some rodeos and it was their stock. So traveled with Cole a little bit too.
0: How helpful helpful was that having a guy like Dwayne and and, and even Cole, like with how much care and time they put into like curating their their pen of of like junior steers or cows whatever you want to call them
2: oh yeah they care about the kids so much they're all mm-hmm. about the kids so yeah they put a lot of time and effort into it when others might just kind of look <laughs> past it
0: just another event wouldn't
2: be very good at that job
0: mm-hmm. well and, and even like i remember when you were young like you're kind of an, an undersized fellow like did you know like how when did you start kind of hitting your growth spurt and, and kind of coming into your own that way
2: uh, i didn't start growing until i was like uh almost 16. Right out of
0: the steer, I think okay.
2: Yeah, I was I think uh we're looking back on old pictures and my first CFR in the steer I'd now stand beside Jet Lambert and I think that was maybe five foot. <laughs> and Jets have Jets like he's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, he's like six foot one eighty, so just towered over me it was a it was a man child. So
0: it seems like the path that you've taken through your career. It was like pretty specific like you you've you competed at the amateur ranks in the steer riding you went high school rodeo you pro rodeoed in the steer riding and you kind of dominated the amateur ranks and the bull riding side of things now and now you're into the pros so was that always by design like did you always have that plan of like i'm gonna kind of take my way make my way through each level or was it just the way things kind of worked out for you
2: that was a lot of my dad he always kind of had this this plan so when i was riding steers you know going amateur rodeo and I had to make the finals before I could buy my pro card, and so I made an amateur finals. And then the next year, I brought my pro card, and he said, "Well, we're not gonna hit the pro rodeos too hard this year. We'll just kind of test the waters." Mm-hmm. And I kind of was, I was getting a couple rode, but not as not as much as I needed, like I should have. So we just kept on amateur rodeo. And then the year after that, he said, "You're ready," and kind of turned me loose and let me go go rodeoing in the in the pro level with the steer riding, and then with the with the bull riding um I started in 2020 it was supposed to be my last year of steer riding but obviously that kind of got cut short due to COVID so I think it was April when we about realized that we're, we weren't going to rodeo much so mm-hmm. we went over to Manson Bold's place and he had this little red bull that was kind of just the perfect bull to start out on and I got on him probably five times that weekend and <laughs> first two times he augured me and then finally got him rode but yeah dad's all about steps making sure that you're not in over your head and Mm -hmm. at least when you are bumping up to that next level you have some confidence going in and you always have something to look back on and so you had a little bit of success there so just just stick to the plan and and do that
0: well i think that's often like overlooked because you see a lot of young guys who have lots of talent and they seem to almost skip steps or like rush the process and then they end up Battling injuries or just like not having that instant success or success right away that they may have had had they've taken the the right step like how how pivotal has that been in in where you're at now?
2: Yeah, I think had I done it the way that I originally <laughs> thought I was doing, I'd probably
0: the way you wanted to do it, <laughs> do to do it. And, and not
2: riding as good as I feel like I am. But yeah, there's a lot of guys that, that'll skip those steps and you hear about them having a bunch of success right off the go and then their -hmm. body's just can't take it
0: well that's and i think that's that's part of it it's like they they get that instant success it's like oh i don't need to i can just keep on doing this and you see it 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 eventually catches up to you especially because and i think too there's there's a time when when guys didn't like prepare as well as they do now and i'm sure like that's different for you in this day and age like I, i find more of the bull riders and rough stock guys and even rodeo athletes in general are more of athletes like they take the time to prepare outside the arena so what do you do outside of the arena to make sure that you're prepared to compete at the highest level
2: well to be honest before i wasn't a huge gym person i wasn't really going to the gym i was just kind of getting <laughs> on practice bulls and riding the stationary barrel but then last semester i tore my groin real bad and was kind of battling that mm-hmm. and getting in my head so i started going to the gym a little bit and, and doing some light workouts and focusing a lot on the mental side of things. Our coach here in Snyder, Greg, he's he's big on the mental side of things, so he's been coaching me through that a lot. And But, yeah, just started going to the gym and, and getting on the practice bowls and stationary barrel and reading books, I guess, is what I've been doing.
0: Have you noticed a difference in your game since you, like, dedicated some time to the gym?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I've got a little more flexibility, and I'm trusting my body a lot more than I was before.
0: So So you're down in Snyder texas at college is this your first semester down there
2: uh yeah i just finished my first semester where we're just starting our second semester here on thursday i had to go get all my classes, classes figured out sorry, this yeah. so what are
0: you taking in school
2: uh, i'm doing farm and ranch management doing the associates degree
0: and then, so how did the, the fall semester rodeo go for you? Did you get some bulls road? How, like, how are you like, how are you finding the competition down there in Texas?
2: Uh, yes. Like I said, I was, I was hurt most of the semester. So right, I think yeah. I only got on at two college rodeos. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is the most competitive region in college rodeo. There's guys like Court McFadden that, that are on tour. And we got some really handy bull riders here, like Cooper Jacobs and Scott Wells, like, uh, they kind of dominated last year, and mm-hmm. Scotty's having a good season this year. So it's a really competitive region, and uh, I feel like it pushes you a lot to to be the best you can be and just leave
0: it all out there. So how are you going to balance, like, being in the college rodeo part of things and then also trying to make your first steps in the pro rodeo? Is it going to be kind of a juggling act? or you going to be all over the place all at once, or...?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of why, like, I come down here two weeks early to kind of hit some rodeos out east in Mississippi and Louisiana. and um, Yeah, just trying to get a little bit of a head start on them before the college rodeos pick up. And then, yeah, it'll be spend one night at the college rodeo and then go to another rodeo and then hopefully come back for
0: the short go. So it'll be a bit of bouncing around. So, so heading into this year, then what's what's it look like? Are you focused a lot of your time on the PRCA? Or are you gonna spend some time up at home here in Canada when you get back? Like, what's 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 that gonna look like?
2: Uh, I'm gonna spend a lot of time back at home. I think this year my mm-hmm. goal is, is to win Rookie of the Year in the CPRA and and make the CFR.
0: Well, it's pretty cool, like how much money there's to be won up here now. Like you look at even Jared and Jordan, like how much of the money that they won to make the NFR was won in Canada. It's it's really it's kind of viable now to like make make a decent amount of money to the to the world standings up here in canada
2: yeah and then i just seen that Pinoca bumped their prize money yeah yeah sixty thousand now so yeah yeah that would be stupid not to come come rodeo (laughs) and canada get to go to some pretty cool rodeos and yeah there's a lot more money than there was for sure back in the day so take advantage of it
0: So I I want to jump back to 2023 quickly. So you end up being the 2023 Canadian Novice Bull Riding Champion. Talk a bit about that and how like those, there was only a few rodeos that had it, but talk a bit about being able to compete at those rodeos again, kind of at the next step above the steer riding.
2: Yeah, that's kind of been a work in progress. It's been something I've talked about for a long time, having Mm junior bull riding at at some of the pro rodeos, and then um, Benalto had it this year, and I think there's a couple others, but yeah it's it's kind of cool because you're almost at that level to compete with those guys but not quite there Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. you're you're hanging around them and and kind of picking up a few tricks of the trade from them and you're getting to go to all them rodeos that you went to as a steer rider and that are always so cool to go to
0: and that's that it's funny that you mentioned that because it's like it's always been like that for a long time and i know there's like the brcs of the world and these other associations but there really isn't a place for like you said, that in between step for the steer riding to the to the bull riding. I know you can compete at the amateur in the bull riding, but still is hard to hit that that level of being at a pro rodeo, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when you're
2: amateur rodeo and then the junior bull riding, there's some guys that have some old campaigners kicking around, but a lot of the time we were getting on two and three year olds, and sometimes you'd see a three year old. You get on him in the junior bull riding, and then it's like, oh shoot, that thing's at the PBR next week. He had to get a good trip, <laughs> yeah. so. So yeah, there's you kind of done pro rodeos. They had just the perfect set of little bowls there for the junior bull ride.
0: Well, and into and, and last year too, so you picked up over $50,000 competing at the bull riders Canada, which is kind of the grassroots feeder system to pro, pro bull riding. We could say now in Canada, but what was it like winning that kind of money over, over a summer? Like that's crazy, man. Like you won just as much money as some guys competing at the pro level. So that that's a pretty cool accomplishment.
2: Yeah. Going into the season, uh, like I didn't really have a, a set goal to be honest. I just figured though, well, I'll be going to school in August. So I'm just gonna try and make as much money as I can, mm-hmm. go to some amateur rodeos, go to some BRCs when it works out and and then yeah, sort of picking up some some good checks at the B at them BRCs and kinda just started rolling with it. And then I told my dad that I wanted to set the season earnings record and he said kinda laughed it off a little bit and I said, <laughs> No, I I want I wanna get this done by by the time I go to school in August, so I started going to them real hard and mm-hmm. had some success up them. So yeah, it was that that there's a crazy amount of money added for compared to what there used to be, like a guy can actually make a living riding bulls now and for sure, yeah, but Russell and Jen friend did a whole like a lot for us last year. They up the add, added money at a lot of rodeos. Mm-hmm. um there was a lot more to go to than there was before. so yeah, they they did us a, a big one there.
0: Well, I think a neat part of it too is is you, you get to get on a lot of the bulls that you see in the long rounds at, at these bull riding events or at, even in, in pro rodeos. So which is so you're kind of getting a taste of that up higher level, but you're not without having to commit to a full season on the pros.
2: hmm Yeah. They're definitely not running in back spinners every every weekend for you. Yeah. I know when we'd go out east over to them crossfire bull runs. Yeah, clear skies would have bulls and Bobby Stevens and and you're getting on some blockers Bobby's got the uh, juice eh? oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) I've kind of rolled in over there and everybody's like oh these Saskatchewan bulls are so much fun and I was like yeah shoot so we went over there for a weekend and we'd been getting on four and five-year-olds kind of all summer over here and then go over there and you're getting on a seven eight-year-old and yeah it's a short round it's a PBR short round (laughs) (laughs) and you had to mean it
0: (laughs) Well, it's a good way to test your metal and kind of prepare you for what what's to come in 2024, right? Like you're gonna end up running into, like you said, these 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 short goal bulls, these seven, eight-year-old bulls that have been down the road that are that are pretty seasoned. So I think it's having that kind of foundation heading into the season is gonna play a huge part in in your success for this year.
2: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the bulls that we were getting on this year, um, it kind of seems like they just go through waves. Like last year, the Bulls, that they are bucking at the BRCs. are starting to see them at the PBRs and the ProRios. So I think a lot of the Bulls that we're getting on this year will probably end up seeing at the ProRios in 2024. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you you get on one that, that really bucks, and you get them snapping, it kind of just, okay, I belong here. And it, it kind of makes you feel like you are ready for that next step and gives you a boost
0: that that like t- that confidence you talked about heading into even into oil and, like it, it kind of just it's got to be like thriving at that point
2: yeah well, confidence is a huge thing and my dad always tells me you can't get too high you can't get too low you just gotta take it for what it is but sometimes it's hard not to get a little too hot and um so yeah confidence i really feel off of confidence
0: hmm mm-hmm. So who, so aside from your dad, who are some of the guys who've helped you kind of get to this point? Some, some of the influences, maybe some role models.
2: Oh uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of guys. I've been really lucky with a lot of guys helping me out and putting up with me. Like I said, like Jared and, and Jordan, they've, they've helped me a lot these past couple of years. Cause I've been talking about going pro rodeo and they said they'd help me out. And then Chad Bestbug, um, Tyler Thompson, Zane Lambert, kind mm-hmm. I started going a bunch of Zane Lambert's bull riding schools, and I feel like that's kind of where I started getting the feel for things. So yeah, there, there's a lot of guys that have helped me out, Tanner Gurlitz. It's
0: a, it's a neat thing about growing up in in central Alberta. There's the access you have to these guys. You know, like I grew up in Saskatchewan, so when we first started coming out to Alberta, it was like eye opening. Just like you would see like Tanner and and Tyler Pankwitz and Chad and all these guys these bull riding where it's like growing up where you we're growing up like you you have like unlimited access to be hanging out with these guys
2: yeah like i'm two hours from panela or i guess a little bit further but uh pretty close to panoka so there's always practice bulls over there to get on Mm -hmm. and and everybody is a phone call away and they'll be right there to help you out so i've been really lucky with the group of guys that have have been willing to help me and yeah i'm really grateful for that well even
0: and even you talk about some of the stock contractors you mentioned nansen a few times here and like obviously your dad grew up with bulls and the ashbackers like there's those guys can often get overlooked too in the success of, of a competitor because they get so much attention on, on the stock side of things
2: mm-hmm. yeah there's Nathan. um he'd helped me out a lot like i've been getting on his calves all winter and i feel like that helped out a lot and he's never put me on something that was going to try and hurt me he'd put me on something to test me for sure mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. with Dwayne, but nothing that was ever going to hurt me or way over my head so there's was, that was a big part of it too is getting on the right stuff
0: Well and you're kind of part of a a group of up-and-coming bull riders like we talked about the BRC and and there was guys like Grady Young and I think the whole like the majority of the guys who made the finals was mostly rookies like how cool is that to see a big crop of like talented guys come making their way to the pros?
2: Yeah it was pretty cool Uh, the top 10 guys in the BRC for most of summer seven of us were rookies so hopefully our sports in good hands I, I feel like there's a there's a group of us that are young and hungry and then wanting it. So I think that they're uh they're, the rookies will have some success. And when we come in, we we'll hopefully come in with a bang.
0: <laughs> so so you mentioned you mentioned kind of touching on the the you want to win the rookie of the year, make the CFR. Do you have any other goals for 2024? Or what's what's the season away? Who are you going to travel with? That kind of
1: stuff.
2: Um, yeah, I haven't really put uh a whole bunch of thought in traveling with some guys. I've kind of put some bugs in bug in the guy's ears, but um, yeah. Big thing is traveling with guys that you can feed off of, guys mm-hmm. that I feel like ride as good as me or if not better. So then you're always you got something to chase down, you got someone to th- thrive off of.
0: And then uh for other goals, I- I'd like to make the college finals here this
2: this year. Those
0: are in June in Casper Co- or Cody, Wyoming, right? Uh, yeah, they're in June in Casper, Wyoming. Casper, yeah. Casper, right? Okay, cool. That's sweet. This is the 50th CFR is coming up, and what would it mean to you to qualify for the CFR? this year and if the first time in the bull riding uh
2: it'd be a dream come true I remember being tiny and when the when the CFR was in Northlands my dad would always look at me and he said you want to be here I was, yes sir <laughs> and uh he's like well get here and every single year we'd have that conversation like get here do whatever it takes if you want to be if you want to be the best do whatever it takes and, and get here and so uh now that they're going back to Edmonton it's kind of kind of cool it's where i always dreamed of being and then we're going back there so and it's gonna be really cool, cool.
0: To, to kind of have your have that like become a reality right that 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 become an option right like it's it's easy to sit there and say like oh i want to be here i want to be there but you, you've done a good job of putting in the work and making that become a reality so it's 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 got to be exciting to at the fact of just pulling your truck in red or edmonton in, in october
2: yeah that'd be really cool I like to think that you can't have a million dollar dream with a minimum wage work ethic. And um, so, yeah, just do whatever it takes to get there and definitely check another box off, get to the CFR and, and then the year after that, hopefully, you know, roll in and pick up the Canadian title, hopefully.
0: So before I let you go here, Bo, I want to know what are some of the rodeos or some of the ones that maybe you want to add to your win list as you head to CFR 50 in, in
2: Edmonton? Oh, uh, there's, there's a couple. I, I've always liked Falkland uh that's kind of where awesome my steer rodeo. riding in the pro rodeo kind of flicked for me was Falkland so getting the win in Falkland would be pretty cool um Pinoco <laughs> it's got lots of money at it it's a real cool rodeo Strathmore it's another big rodeo mm-hmm. You're almost, um, that could almost it, be
0: the hometowner for you too at that level hey
2: yeah it's shoot 25 minutes from my house so yeah it's basically a hometown rodeo and then obviously Calgary every little kid dreams of of riding in Calgary and to win that, that would be just a, a dream come true.
0: Well, Bo, really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. And, and we wish you all the best in this upcoming season. Make sure you study hard, have fun down in <laughs> Texas, and, and we'll catch you down the road this summer.
2: Yeah, thanks a time, Lacey.
0: All right, buddy. Talk to you later.